Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Two Rabbis and. My name is Dan Kamen. I'm a rabbi at Congregation Bedeamuna in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Every Friday, alongside my colleague, Rabbi Mark Boone Fitzerman, I co host a live conversation featuring guest speakers whose work, stories, and messages are worthy of our attention. This week, we're excited to share with you our conversation with Keo Morris, Director of Pride at Oklahoma Quality Center. For more information about the synagogue and our community here in Oklahoma, please visit tulsagog.com. If you like these recordings, consider subscribing to our feed, leave a rating and a review, share with a friend. Thanks for listening, and please do enjoy the show. Thank you, Rabbi Kamen. Friends, if this is June, it means that we're in the middle of Pride Month, and our guest is K.O. Morris, BIPOC Program and Digital Mediator, Media Coordinator at the Oklahoma Equality Center, and he's Director of Pride. K.O.'s first experience with Oklahomans for Equality was at the 2010 Equality Gala, with the East Central High School Gay Straight Alliance. He worked at the center in college through an internship for digital media and joined the OKEQ staff in 2019. He has a very strong interest in photography and video production and fashion and appreciates that this job creates exciting opportunities to connect with the diverse community in the Muscogee Creek Nation. Kale, welcome. We're really happy to have you here today at Beneamuna. How long have we been celebrating Pride and where did Pride originate? It feels like it's been a fixed feature of my entire adult life, but can you tell us a little bit about the history of Pride and how it came to be? Yes, yeah, so Pride started um, in June 28th of 1969 um, in, in Stonewall, New York. Um, um, you know, there was um, the, the, the community was, was, was at bars, you know, and, and having a good time, enjoying themselves. And the police would um, regularly go into these bars and, and harass um, um, trans people, gay people. And in one night, one evening, um, the police went in, raided the bar of Stonewall, and um, it was the trans women of color and and who who was over it. And they threw the first brick, and and the first pride was a riot, and and they fall back against against oppression from from the police, and 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 in the coming years, um, they would start meeting on those those days that the, the Stonewall happened, and they start celebrating pride and being visible and, and having a community. And then, so ever since then, in 1969, we started having pride celebrations. Now, pride is more commercialized, more more family friendly, and, and all the things we see today. But pride originally started as as a riot, and now we. We continue that celebration as as a way to be visible and and to, and show community support. Tosa itself um, is doing a straight is thirty nine years having a, a pride parade in Tosa, which is very exciting. We usually do pride on um, the first week of June, but we have moved that because, as you know, this year in nineteen and this year in twenty twenty one, we celebrated the one hundred year anniversary of the Tosa race massacre. So we we felt it was um 
very important in, in, in something that we had to move pride away from that date so we can give the community and the city a time to heal and, and, and to respect that, that moment for our city's, our city's history. So we moved it to the last weekend of June just to, just to have that space and, and that respect for the Tulsa Race Massacre. Thank you, Kale. Kale, there are all sorts of symbols and um, kind of signature things we might see and we associate with pride. Uh, the, the flag, of, of course, is, is maybe the most prominent. But can you help us understand some of the symbols and, and, and signs and um, messages that pride brings to, well, to Tulsa in particular, but I guess more broadly, if we were attending pride wherever we were um, in the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you said, there's, there's a lot of, of colors and, and flags and designs all, all represent um, um, someone from the community underneath the umbrella, whether that be polyamorous, um, um, non-binary, trans, um, um, interletter, bears, it, it, the list goes on and on. But it, it's, really, it's really just to, to, to be in a space and, and, and to see your identity be reflected and to be supported and celebrated. Um, so, so I know recently where we fly the new um, pride flag, it's called a progress flag. Um, the original flag has six colors of, of, on the flag. And in 2017, there was a new flag added and it's called the progress flag that added the black and brown stripes for black and brown people. And it also added the um, pink, white and in, in, in blue stripes to honor our trans folks as well. And they're at a, a triangle to show progress moving forward within the um, rainbow flag. And so that's a new flag that's that's coming out and something that we've been flying over the center for the past two years. So so we're all about being in, inclusive and, and ensuring that we're up to date in how we are honoring and, and, and respecting our, our, our community. Kayla, I'm glad you mentioned the issue of diversity within the LGBTQ community. I, I've always found Pride a pretty thrilling event in that it brings us up close to a community that isn't one community exactly. It's made up of lots of different kinds of people. Is, is that controversial in the LGBT community, the BIPOC community, the fact that so many different faces of the local LGBT community are turned outward on this event, and we get a look as, um, as observers at the tremendous diversity of the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, th there's definitely um, a, a divide in the community. Like, like all communities, you know, there's always division of some sort um, with different views. Um, I, I do know in, in the past years um, in the community, not, not just Tosa specifically, but overall, um, the, the, the ability to um, celebrate like Black Pride, you know, um, like, like in our community, there's still discrimination for um, for people of color within our community, for for lesbians, for gay men, whatever the case may be, in those in those intersectionals, um, there's always a, a division. But I, I think as we move forward, we, we must be able to have spaces for those for these communities to be able to express themselves. And I know that a lot of people don't don't really 
like that because they, they feel like having se- se- separate spaces for these communities is is actually engaging and um in more division but some people view that as a safe space to be able to um to, to be themselves and in a way that isn't um welcoming in um a general environment i i know i know recently the conversation surrounding pride is um people who are into kinks and, and fetishes and 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 not wanting to be um police in in their ability to express themselves you know, some people would like Pride to be uh, family friendly. Again, um, the first Pride was a riot, so some people are more radical in their in their views about how Pride should be celebrated and what is and isn't okay at Pride events. Um, so it is it, it's always an evolving conversation about what what we can and cannot do, and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, and how can we allow people to be themselves without policing them. Gail, you seem like an honest broker, and I'm noticing how careful you're being in laying out a plan for pride that's as inclusive as possible. Do you have a personal preference for how pride should present itself, family-friendly, the other categories that you named? Is there a version of pride that you'd personally prefer to see? I... Personally, I think I would I, I would like to see Pride, you know, being what it is, what it started out to be. The, the original the original um point for Pride what was to be visible and, and to be um celebrated and, and to have the community support. So I feel as long as you are sticking to to the basis of, of being visible and community support and and you know you're not really making people feel uncomfortable, but also expressing your way that is, 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 is okay in, in, in public. I think, I think that's going to be a reason to um, police people, but also I do understand that, you know, there's a time and place for things and in some places this, this, it just can't be, but I personally, I just feel that you should do what you can and, and make sure that it's kind of respectful for people around you. And, um, and some people aren't, aren't going to be into it, and that's okay. You just you just got to pick your battles. <laughs> Kale, your job is the director of Pride, right? Yes, yes. Title. What is, I mean, in, in, I think we get a sense of this and even how you're talking about the, the many different interest groups and ideas about what Pride is. Can you give us uh-huh. a sense of what that job is to be the director of Pride? Um, how do you set goals? What's the process in bringing this large-scale event to um, to the community each year. Yeah, so so um, I'm director of Pride, but I cannot do it alone. Like I have an entertainment manager, I have a logistics coordinator, um, volunteer coordinator, um, a person handling all the information for um, volunteers, sponsors, and vendor spaces, and and getting all the contracts fulfilled for our performers, and ensuring that we are are having a diverse group being presented in, in Pride, you know? So like this year, we're having Big Frida um, um, perform on Friday, June 26 at, um, at 10 p.m. And, and we are, 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 are picking her because, you know, it, we, we wanted to highlight um, Black queer people and Big Frida is one of those people. Um, it is, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the question already. <laughs> well, just about about the work and the process of bringing this big event to, uh, it, it, to reality. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so again, it, it's, it's other people and not including me. Um, it also working is working with our community sponsors like Williams, who is sponsoring the um, Pride Parade, um, um, the Hardesty Family Foundation doing the 5K Rainbow Rainbow Run. Um, it is with these organizations and sponsors that we're able to put on this event because you know Pride isn't isn't cheap, but it is is also um. It also gives us an opportunity to build community with these organizations and to have them be, be say, hey, we're here, we see you, we are going to be proud and visible supporters of your community in Tulsa and across the nation, and, and we're going to do what we can to, to help you see that through. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts, um, but it's, it's very fun. It's a lot of work, but it's very fun, and, and it's... The, the best thing is, is to see everyone come to Pride and be happy and to, and to be able to celebrate themselves in a way that that all year round they kind of are hesitant to do. And Pride gives them the, the opportunity to do that without, without fear. You know, can we move now to more general issues of your work in this community? Synagogue's been thinking a lot about how to be the right kind of ally. We asked that question in connection with Black Lives Matter. We asked that question about how we want people to be allied with us. What's your own thought about this issue? What's the best way to be allied to the LGBT community in Tulsa? What do you expect? What gets under your skin how to do this job in the best and most sensitive way possible? Um, I, I I think the best way to be an ally is to show up. Um, excuse me. Um, it, it, it is to show up, but um, not so just for pride, but to show up to um to to, to support these anti um to not support, but to um to to call your legislate your legislators and tell them that you do not support these anti-trans bills. That, that, that you support the Equality Act that that will um, provide um, protect, protections for LGBTQ people and public accommodations, employment, education, housing. You know these are are truly in real ways to be an ally, not just coming to Pride, which is fun and 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 it's a good way to show support. But the root cause is is, is to be is to be engaged in your community in a way that's political and coming to events to support to support these people. So. Just a little tidbit. Um, if you haven't, contact your U.S. senators um, and tell them to support the Equality Act, which is waiting to be voted on in the U.S. Um, Senate. Yes, and we can say that as a synagogue, we've um, we've 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 t- taken the stance as an organization to um, to partner with a with a Jewish organization, Keshet, which is, which is which is doing advocacy around. Um, the uh, the Equality Act. So if folks are looking for a Jewish avenue to do some of this outreach and this work, I would uh, put uh, point you in the direction of, I think the website is Keshet Online, Keshet the Hebrew, being the Hebrew word for, for rainbow. Um, Synagogue has officially become a partner of Keshet in, in, in this work. And so I'm, Kara, I'm really glad you, you mentioned that. Are there, are, when you think about the, the advocacy issues, right? The Equality Act, uh, a federal legislation, right? There's, it, are there, is there a, is there a thing that is next, right? The low hanging fruit that can be accomplished quickly without even, I mean, 
let's 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 work towards the big the big stuff of um, the federal legislation. But what are what are changes institutions people can make either to language to um, to behavior to how they navigate relationships to make uh, a more inclusive space for uh, folks who might be associated with the Equality Center. Yeah, yeah. So, so one one of the um, easiest things that 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 um is now kind of getting um popularized within our community is um is having your pronoun be be visible. How you see how I have my pronouns he him his um be visible um just just having things like that to know that if I was um someone who identifies as them they trans whatever. Um, and, and you didn't know that, and I didn't have my pronouns, you could misgender me, and that could have been something that um, could be triggering for some people, but it also is something that I can see beforehand and be like, I know this person is, is, is an ally because they have their pronouns, and things like that. Um, things were, um, um, th- th- there was a bill um, in, in, in Oklahoma that, um, that was saying that you couldn't have a, a pride flag in your in your schoolroom because it is propaganda. Um, I, I think if you're like a teacher or a community, having a rainbow flag or someone who is part of the community um, work for your business or, or just be something visible to show that you are a supporter of, of the community is something that you can do that is long hang, hanging fruit. Um, local politics, you know, having your city councilors um, enact um, uh, LGBT protections and workplace employment and, and housing on, on a local level is, is, is another low-hanging f- fruit that, that we can achieve and something that will make it easier to get the high-hanging fruit, so to speak. I love the way you said that. <laughs> hey, our friend Terry Markham wants you to talk a little bit about police. There's been some controversy in New York City the issue of pride and police involvement in that event. How does Tulsa Pride work with the local Tulsa Police Department? If it does at all, can you comment on that relationship for every public event? It's an important question, and we'd love to have you think aloud about that with us. Yeah, um, so 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 working Tosa, so Tosa Pride always worked where on where on Tosa Police to, to provide safety for um, for our people on um, visiting the, the festival. Um, I I think it's very important to have um some type of security at Pride. You know, um I I would hate for um Tosa to experience um a mass shooting like like what happened in Las Vegas, and and and. And to not have some type of protection for something like that to happen, um, we're opening up ourselves up for more harm. Um, every year we have um, we have people who try to come in with guns, who are expressing their own Second Amendment rights, who who are just doing things to um, more so an activist um, of guns who try to come into the festival, but that can be very triggering for people. And if we didn't have um, police there to stop them from, from coming in, that can be a, a dangerous situation for people. Um, from anyone grabbing a gun to it going off to to numerous things that, that could happen. Um, that being said, um, we do have police station outside of the entry gates. Um, inside, we have unarmed security guards um, um, who, who, who just has security. Um, some of them do work for um, um, the Tulsa Police Department, but they are, are there at, at security, um, no weapons inside, um, and, and kind of not 
dressed up in full security gear that may be deemed as aggressive or anything of that nature, but just to have them there and walk around to know that you are safe and that this is a, a place where you can be comfortable and we do have police. And I know that is a big a, a big issue in, in a lot of places about having police at Pride, but it's something that we have to do to have that event. And it's also for your protection, your, your protection as well, regardless how you feel about the police. And, and yeah, and we work with the Tulsa Police Department um, very well. We do um, LGBT trainings where, um, with, with the local police department. Um, a lot of LGBT, LGBT centers do not do that across the country, but we are one of them that does. And I think that's very important just to have that, that dialogue and show them, hey, this is what you can and cannot do when interacting with um, someone who, who is trans and or, or someone who is not binary or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think it's very important to have those conversations because if you don't, you fall through the cracks and you have problems fester and, and that's no good for nobody. <laughs> that is no good for nobody. I, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, speaking of security and concerns, um, last, this past year has been a, a year of concern um, in lots of different ways. Um, in particular, uh, Pride have, I guess Pride happened last year, but in a very different way than what we'll, what, what we'll, what we'll be able to experience this year. Um, I guess the question is, why is this Pride different from all other Prides? Um, uh, what, 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 what is going to be different about the experience uh, that is going to happen in Tulsa this year versus uh, what we've seen before and what, what we've experienced before? <clears throat> Um, so what will be different this year is um, we're having Pride again at the end of June versus having it at the first week of, of June in Tulsa. Um, um, we're having Big Frida um, um, Friday um, at, 9, at 10 p.m. Um, we're having our also our Rainbow Run um, at, at 6 p.m. that night. Um, we're also having our interface service, which we have every year. Um, and, and it is a service where we have um, different denominations of, of faith and religions come together to bless our equality flag, the flags that we fly across, um, um, the flags we fly at the top of um, our center. We fly the Muscogee Creek Nation flag because um, we sit on Muscogee Creek on land. We fly the city of Tulsa flag, American flag, the Black Lives Matter flag, and the Progress flag. So every year we have those flags blessed and honored by our numerous religious communities who are supporters. And this year we're having it at John Hope Franklin Park, which I'm very excited for. I think it is the perfect place to have that service and, and the perfect year and time to have that. And I think overall, well, what we experienced um, from last year with the police brutality and this everything the country and the world went through, um, I think is a good return to, to pride in person and, and to have a such, a such um, diverse and um, invisible um, um, list of entertainers and activities to do, um, I think it, it's a perfect return for pride. It's something that will be new and, and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gail, what's the biggest challenge, do you think, for the local Tulsa LGBTQ BIPOC community? Is it legal? Is it security? Is it the attitude of people you encounter on the streets? What's the, what's the heart of the matter for you personally and maybe for the community you're representing today? The biggest challenge. 
I would think that the biggest challenge is 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 being able to find places that you can be open in, in yourself and not have to really worry about what other people think or say. Um, and then an, an, another thing is just, is just having having those spaces where where you can be yourself. Um, I like to like go out and, and dance and have a good time. And um, I, I do know that some of the places where I can go out and be and be openly gay by myself, um, but I'm still having to um, kind of police um, um, my dressing because some, some places and like, like a lot of bigger cities um, will um, will have rules of like no no gold chains no air force ones no timberlands um just pointing out items that are are specifically um worn for um the um, the queer black and brown community and and li limiting music um of what they will and what not play um just to kind of weed out that that demographic um and that that kind of happens here um not on the same scale as some bigger cities like Chicago or Dallas or LA um, but it's definitely finding those 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 um, places where you can be yourself 100% and not have to alter or, or police yourself in, in, in any way. Um, and also, another thing to that would be um, just to have regular people um, not judge you walking down the street. Um, like I said, I'm into fashion, so sometimes I may wear some high heels, um, and it's not going to stop me from wearing my high heels on the street. But I do get the looks and 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 uh, um, and the stares and comments. But it's it's once we get past that for our community, I think I think we'll be in in a better place. So it's really just um, having a more community centered city. And, and having places where you can be yourself 100% without, without policing yourself. Okay, many members of our community, our congregation, folks who listen to our podcast uh, are likely to be familiar with the Equality Center, but for some, I imagine the Equality Center might be a, a new organization for them to be um, exposed to um, uh, today. How would you uh, describe our Equality Center here in Tulsa um, and the work of Equality Centers, um, I know, which exist all over the world. Um, what, what's the purpose of an Equality Center and what makes our Equality Center the greatest Equality Center in the history of the universe? Well, I would say what makes us the best Equality Center in the center of the universe is that um, a lot of Equality Centers um, depend on federal funding or state funding versus um, here in the center of the country, um, not the very liberal, where we are basically funded by individual donors or private private organizations, um, non nonprofit non um, organizations. Um, so we don't have to really depend on on federal funding or state funding to operate our building, which is which is a blessing because um, we didn't have to worry about that during COVID for a little bit. But um, also uh, we have a lot of social programmings here in 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 Tulsa and. And at the Equality Center versus, you know, if you go to Dallas or Chicago, New York, you know, you have these bigger liberal cities where you can be openly gay and go to places and not have to really worry about um, um, social um, 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 events or, or parties um, versus here. You, you don't have the luxury of, of just going down the street to the local gay gay bookstop um bookstore because we don't have one um but we do have like a library here for you to check out on, on queer books um we do have um 
um, a computer lab here. We do have um, a, a medical um, 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 clinic here, which opened up during COVID, and we see 120 plus patients a month. And, and it's ever growing. And we have mental health counseling that is affordable and, and accessible. Um, so we, we have a lot of programs here that um, if you go to a bigger city, you might have to drive from one part of town to the other part of town to access services um, because you are queer versus having all services um, and be in one location. Um, so, so I, I think the equality center here is is very special. is it, it, it's amazing. Um, um, I, I couldn't ask for a better um, equality center here in Tulsa, and we are very lucky to have a center like this in the center of the country. When so many cities the size of Tulsa are even bigger, don't have an equality center. Gail, can we go back to that question of high heels for a second? Yes, yes, yes. I'd love to have you unpack this. Fashionable people at least in my experience, generally want some attention for the choices that they make. What's the kind of attention that you'd welcome? <clears throat> and where do you draw the line between welcome attention and maybe the stuff that, that you wouldn't like to experience at all? I think if I saw a man on the streets of the city wearing a high heels, I'm easily attracted to new phenomena, mm -hmm. new things that I've never seen before, it would probably stop me in my tracks. And I'd want to take it in and do some thinking about it. Would that irk you? What kind of attention do you want for that? Or do you expect to pass unnoticed for the fashion choices that you make? No, no, I I don't expect to to be unnoticed. Um, but but I I I I wouldn't mind you stopping and, and looking and taking a moment to to take it in to to see something that you haven't seen before or something that is is just new to you. Um, example. Um, about a month and a half ago, me and some friends went to Oklahoma Oklahoma City to you know a quick getaway day, and we had like these pink bob wigs, and I had on some heels. Um, and before coming back to Tosa, we stopped at McDonald's and we had got out the car and, and it was a woman and her three kids in the back. And before I got out the car, I knew it was going to happen. Um, um, she started joking saying, Hey girl, blah, blah. I, I, I know she was being very sarcastic about it, but, but it, it was, it was her comments and her trying to video record me, I could see everything. I, I knew it was gonna happen before, before I got out the car. So that happened to me. So things like that is something that I, I don't wanna deal with. But um, again, I went out, um, I think two weeks ago and and I had on some, the exact same heels and someone seen me and I was like, hey, you working those heels? Um, um, working the, what's he call them cavalry boots, but they're not cavalry boots. But um. You, you, you work in those boots. Um, it, was, it was more of an affirming um, um, conversation or right, an action versus one that was very demeaning and trying to make me feel less than because of something that they weren't used to seeing or anything like that. Um, and, and to answer your question, I, I, I wear heels in fashion because I'm just, I'm just into fashion clothes. It's something that I like to do, something that I feel like gives me the opportunity to express myself even more.
I'm a creative, so I guess that's where that that comes from is just to being creative and 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 I, I just love clothes and heels and shoes and all the fun stuff. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, and I I, I love that. Um that that dichotomy you outlined right the the notion that you can react to something in a way that is affirming or you can react to something in a way that's passing judgment and that when you encounter something new we should try to default to a place of affirmation and um, and if we can't even get to affirmation which is sometimes as possible at least to curiosity and understanding um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So something that something that isn't rooted in 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 negativity and something that doesn't come from a negative place. I I think um something that we should try to try to remove ourselves from as long as is 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 with an honest and open heart, and I, I think it is is fine. But anything rooted in ne- negativity or our hatefulness is something that I just I, I'm not down with. <laughs> us too, or me too. I can't say us. I can say me. <laughs> um. I, Okay, as, as, as I'm thinking about, uh, you know, the weekend, Tulsa, Pride coming up, uh, if there's an event for someone to go to, that yes, yes. what Pride is, which is the event? Ooh, ooh. On, all of them. You're going to say all of them. It's all like, all how, do you, how, do you, how do you choose between your children? Yeah, uh, honestly, um, personally, I, because I have a deep connection um, with big, with Big Frida, um, my my grandma or um, my nana who who passed away in 2019, um, she loved Big Frida and always watched uh, we we'll always watch her on TV with, with her husband. Um, so I think um, not having her with me um, um now um and and me being Touch Pride director and having Big Frida come who who um is the person I picked to come here and not having the ability to spirit to experience that with my grandma um. Personally, that that is my favorite, my favorite day that I'm looking forward to. But honestly, every event we have um, coming up is is definitely one to go to. Whether it's our 5K Rainbow Run with Big Frida on Friday, whether it's the um, the Pride Festival and Parade with with Crystal Method from RuPaul's Drag Race season 12 runner up, um, the Pride in the Park at Gadry Green on Sunday at 12 p.m or the interfaith service, or IFC Tosa soccer game next week on the 16th, or our Gen Q bike ride that, that we're playing with on this machine on, on the 24th. It, it, this is something for everyone, but the best day to come will be Friday and Saturday for the parade in Big Frida and Crystal Method. And to really experience pride as, as what it is, as the the essence of pride is definitely Saturday, well you can see everyone in their rainbow colors, in their friends and families, um having a good time supporting each each other, and and just having a wonderful day in Tulsa. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we're coming to the close of this exchange, and I wonder if you talk a little bit about the history of the LGBT community in Tulsa. I have a sense that Tulsa's always, or maybe for a long time, been a refuge for people in Oklahoma and this part of the country who needed a bigger city experience, maybe grew up gay, sensed that they were different from neighbors, uh, friends in, in small towns, came to Tulsa and, and breathed a little bit more easily in some of the ways that you've described. Do we have a 
record of any kind of, of, of the history of gay life in Tulsa. First group of people who were out in public about the, uh, about the gender and sexuality choices they were making in their own lives. Are we talking about a phenomenon, a post-war phenomenon, pre-war? Is this something that first started uh, developing in the 20s? Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, um, well, it's, it's nothing new. Um, um, like, a, like our First Nations, um, our tribal nations um, recognize, some, some tribes recognize up to 16, 16 different gender identities and sexual orientations. So this, this isn't new. And, um, and when, I, when the five tribes um, left their ancestral lands to come to Oklahoma, it was the, the two-spirit queer people who stayed behind and, and buried the dead in their cultural ways, um, which is documented in the city of Tulsa's um, diaries that, that, that they have. Um, so this isn't anything new. Um, I, I do feel like as time went on, it kind of got hidden and, and, and erased and, and something that people didn't want to talk about. But you'll be surprised of how many um, queer and, and gay activities and people lived in Oklahoma in, in the early 40s and 50s. Um, if, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Oklahoma Baptist University or, or hospital who um, was one of the first um, um, hospitals or medical centers who did um, 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 transgender re, um, re, reassignments surgeries here, here here in Oklahoma. Um, a lot of people know about that. It's very surprising to people. People, you think of Oklahoma, you don't think of that. Um, so so it, it's, it's very, um, the history is just, is, isn't told and, and isn't well known. Um, I, I, like again, I'm still learning myself. Um, we do have a history project room um, here at the Equality Center, where we do collect um, um, gay Oklahoma history, um, but that, there's a lot of, um, of of gay history in Oklahoma, and a lot of of gay people, sadly, from Oklahoma or the middle of the country, flock to bigger cities to to experience that that freedom, um, which which creates a vacuum here in Oklahoma for us to have to feel and fight for 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 visibility. But um, just to go back to your question, um. Um, it, it isn't anything new. It's something that um, has been just been hidden and taken from us that people don't know about, just like the race massacre. Um, it, it's just things that we have to do ourselves to know, to just do the, the reading, the learning, and the history, and the work to ensure that, that we know where we come from so we know where we're going. K.O. Morris, thank you. You have... You're, you're in the moments before one of the biggest events of the year in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you are leading that project. And you took the time to spend this, uh, this uh, almost hour with us answering our questions so beautifully and, and helping us understand um, what's going to be happening in our community this year um, in a more nuanced and, and, um, and personal way. So we want to offer our thanks and appreciation to you for your time and our thanks and appreciation to everyone who's tuned in and been a part of this conversation this morning. 